0: Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners, to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. Want to thank everybody that is watching the show tonight in prime time, our last episode of the week on this Thursday, as we're going to talk about a very fun topic. Had a couple of stories this week about the faces of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and uh, the pillars of this team. As well, if you're a wrestling fan, and particularly AEW, you will know the four pillars uh, that we're talking about. And I want to do that with the Bucks as well. Bailey Adams wrote a great story about it. Um, And so we appreciate him for doing it. He's not on the show today. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is a fellow Pewter reporter, uh, one of my colleagues, Adam Slavon, back on the show. Adam, it is great to be talking to you this evening.
1: How are things with you, Adam? Things are going well. It's great to be on. It's been a little bit, so I'm excited to talk about some future Bucks pillars on the team. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And Adam's going to be on uh, a little more regularly as, as we get moving. So uh, make sure to get excited about that. Of course, we'll answer questions from Bucks fans, too. So if you got certain topics you want to talk about, feel free to uh, chime in. We'll get to a couple. Of course, if you super chat us, uh, we will guarantee that we get um, to that. But yeah, let's talk about the topic at hand for those uh, that might just be logging in since uh, we're a minute into it. It's the uh, future Bucks pillars and the faces of the Buccaneers. And I, and I think what's cool about this topic, because um, it hits home with Bucks fans, both current Buccaneers and future Buccaneers. And I wanted to start with a big thing, of course, that's Raymond James Stadium. You can Kind of see it, not really, but behind uh, Cody Malk there, you can see Raymond James Stadium. You can also see it right then and there because uh, that's where the Bucs are playing at the moment. But at Raymond James Stadium, you will see at the corner of each end zone, um, there are a uh, number of uh, you know photos, graphics, whatever you want to call it, with, with Bucks players in the corner. And there are a couple of mainstays that, I think are fairly obvious, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Levante, David. We don't really need to get into those guys. We know that they have a set spot. But because there are certain players that aren't here this year, most notably Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, there's going to be some changes to uh, those pictures. Who's going to be up on the graphic when uh, the Bucs are welcoming in all the fans to Raymond James Stadium starting week two. Well, I guess the preseason, but starting week two of the regular season. Against the Chicago Bears, so Adam, let's go with just the guarantees overall. I got in no particular order: Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Um, who else do I have on that list? Uh, Levante David, of course, no question about it. I believe Vita Vea was up last year. So out of those yeah. four, those are all guarantees. Uh, yeah, am I am I wrong?
1: Yeah, yeah, you're completely right on that one. Uh, so half of them are locked down, but that yes. leaves. Four spots, maybe up for grabs there.
0: I'll leave it up to you, my man. Um, who do you have in mind? Who gets who gets the schneid? Who who's left off the list? Kind of like uh, Team USA back in the 1980s when they had that last round of cuts with the hockey team. Um,
1: that's very specific reference, but someone will get it. Uh, who are you leaning towards? So I think another guy that you could probably pencil in there is Shaq Barrett, although he will need an update with his New Jersey number switching from 58 to number seven. So a new picture maybe, uh, but that leaves three spots if Devin White isn't on there. So in my opinion, I have Tristan Wirfs, Antoine Winfield Jr., and Ryan Jensen. Mm. Those are my three. What do you have? Yeah, so
0: I'm in agreement that Shaq will stay because he's... He's already been on there. so why take him off now? He's their their best pass rusher. He's their star pass rusher. big reason why they won the Super Bowl and I, I think especially in this year of for lack of a better term transition with the with this just Buck's roster in general and while we're a little more confident than most national media, you never really know. So I, I think the Bucks are gonna try to really milk like, hey, we still won the Super Bowl a couple of seasons ago. Uh, you still love these players that were on that team. I think they're going to milk that as much as they possibly can. So I agree with you. I think Shaq will be there. I almost forgot that he has a uh, another number, uh, that he switched numbers. So uh, yeah. it, it'll take a little bit getting used to that one. Uh, Tristan Wirfs, I think, is a guarantee. Um, I know that's Ryan Jensen on, on the thing there. I'm not picking Ryan Jensen. Hmm. I just think, you know, he didn't play at all last season. It's exciting that he's coming back. But um, and he is a mainstay on this team, but I don't know how much longer once his contract is done, how much longer Ryan Jensen is, is staying in Tampa Bay where Tristan Wirfs, like, you know, he's going to get re-signed. You know, he's going to be a, a, a buck for an extremely long time. I got to put Antoine Winfield Jr. on there. I just think, again, same scenario, like one of the best safeties of his draft class. Just an all-time draft class for the Bucks with Tristan going one, Antoine Winfield Jr. going two. And I, I just think what he brings to this team, I think him moving back to free safety can uh, be a lot of things. Um, I, I think it would be very exciting for him. Uh, as Noah Miranda says, uh, don't worry, Devin White will let you know he won the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, Richard says, "Never been to Ray J. Got to make it out to Florida one day." Richard, you definitely have to. Uh, Raymond James Stadium is awesome. Would definitely recommend trying to uh, get a spot in the shade, and uh, but, definitely yeah, the, the shade. shade. Yeah. And uh, Justine and Canius says, <laughs> I don't know." Uh, says, "Keep up the good work." So, thank you, Justine. Now, I've seen before with Raymond James Stadium. They can put like two players on one graphic. So I'm cheating a little bit uh, with with this one because you got two great corners with Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean. And I don't know how you pick one over the other. Like they both were highly touted players on this team. When they became free agents, it was a really big deal. I don't know how you pick one over the other. They both got that second contract that they were looking for so i'm sticking them together and putting them both on uh on one side that makes
1: a lot of sense and i even thought about antoine winfield jr like being in the middle and then having davis yes. and dean like on the side
0: the grave diggers get their own little uh section i like that
1: yeah or if they wanted to be creative they could put a rookie on there cody Malk with ryan jensen and just go ginger crazy you know well then you gotta throw co in there that too yeah, yeah.
0: I like that. Just call out the, like the red corner. The, forget like A, B, C, and D. Just be like, yeah, just go to the red corner. You'll find it over there. Uh, I'm trying to think it. And if anyone has suggestions, definitely, definitely down for it. But those are like you know the marquee names of this team. Kate Odden, I think it's a little bit too early, just based on like what he did as a rookie. Um, who, who else am I missing? Rashad, Rashad White maybe? up there again, Rashad. And this is kind of like where it gets into the pillars territory. It's, it's like Rashad is exciting. And if you guys didn't see, he was on the show yesterday. Was absolutely awesome. We appreciate yeah. having Rashad White. We appreciate his time. <laughs> How funny says the red corner. I like it. Um, it's, the problem is it needs to be an established type of person. And the issue that we're running into, without being like too, too young, if you get what I'm saying. So it's like players going into year three, that just comes into the whole Joe Trian Shayanka discussion because he probably shouldn't be on that. Um no. Well, here's the thing too. Whoever's going to be the starting quarterback is most likely going to get a, a
1: section of the, the corner. Am I wrong? No, I think one of them will whoever wins the quarterback competition will be on there, but It's going to be a little bit before that's determined. So I don't know how long they're going to wait prior to the season.
0: That's true. How long does it take to get one of those graphics up there? Yeah. I do wonder as well, though. I mean, Raymond James Stadium, they host so many different events there. I mean, the Bucs, obviously, USF on Saturdays. They've had WrestleManias there. I went to the WrestleMania in Tampa. They got Monster Truck. They have, uh, I think Grop did a... Whatchamacallit? A um not like an uh, it's not Iron Man, but it, it's it kind of like a race. Yeah. Like, I think it's called like a Spartan race or shout out UT or some type of like race. Or tough yeah. mutter. That's another one. Uh but yeah, like he did a Spartan race there. They've done top golf at Raymond James Stadium. And of course there's a billion concerts there. Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran. So don't get me wrong, like Raymond James Stadium is usually popping where you can get a lot of turnover fairly quickly. I feel like you can get the the images uh, up there pretty uh, pretty quickly. So let's talk about the pillars then, because that is, I think, a little more open to discussion. We know the faces of the Buccaneers, and uh, we also know the faces of Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast and pewterreport.com. So many great flavors uh, if you want to make your own pillars of Celsius energy drinks, please go ahead. There's so many to choose from. You see the Oasis vibe, that's the newest flavor they got out. Uh, sparkling lemon, lime, sparkling orange is great as well. I drink the cucumber, strawberry lemonade. Um, what else? Tropical vibes, awesome. And Arctic vibe, personally, is my favorite. There is no sugar, no post energy drink crash or jitters that you get with um, other. Celsius drinks out there, or sorry, other uh, energy drinks out there. <laughs> Richard saying the Canalis corner. I like that. Uh, and he also says, My local 7 Eleven selling Celsius three for six dollars. So make sure you get that deal. If you need to find a Celsius, where what convenience store you can go to, uh, punch in your address on the store locator and it will let you know your closest uh, Walmart, Target, convenience store. Or your bodega. So check it out. So many great different flavors of uh, Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Um, Adam, you said that you had a list of some of the pillars that you think are leading this Bucks team into the future. Why don't you rattle off a couple for us so we can uh, kind of jive back and forth about it.
1: Yeah. So just to kind of give some backstory... Bailey Adams, who originally wrote the article, he stated that his pillars would be Rashad White, Zion McCollum, Kalijah Cansey, and Trey Palmer. Before I give my list, I have some honorable mentions. Okay. So Kyle Trask, Oh. Cody. Yeah, we can talk about that one. I have Cody Malk, Kate Otten, and because of Josh Capo, Jake Marta. So those are my honorable <laughs> mentions. Wow. I don't know if you have any, but.
0: I had a couple, like Kate Otten was definitely on my list. Um Kalijah Kansi, I know it's early, but just a first-round defensive tackle I think is important. So, the only other rookie I would take, really, Servasié Dennis, because, again, they're eventually they were going to have to replace Levante David and maybe Devin White. We're not totally sure about that just yet. But if there's anyone in this draft class outside of Kansi That's going to be like an immediate guy. Cody Malk, for sure. I wouldn't really argue against that, but Servassier, middle linebacker, inside linebacker running this defense. I think the Bucs, especially with where they took him, that could be an absolute steal if he's your starting
1: inside linebacker for the future. Definitely. And like kind of sticking with the theme of like 2022 and 2023 draft picks, I think those are going to be the guys that are really the next core of Bucks players. Yeah. And it's really going to determine like the team's ceiling in the coming seasons.
0: Yeah, w- uh, without question. And I think, so, uh, we'll get to Kyle Trask in just a second, but uh, the guys you really started off with, like Rashad White, who obviously was on the show yesterday, and we appreciate, again, Rashad for showing up. Rashad why I have him on this list and why a lot of us do is like there's so much promise and there's so much potential with what he brings to the Bucks' offense and the fact that it's a new offense thanks to Dave Canales I think this offense is even going to suit him even better than it would have if this was the, the Bruce Arians system like he ran zone blocking in college at Arizona State he's used to that his strengths are his patience. And he's still very elusive. He talked about yesterday that he was putting on more weight, but he's also like not losing any of his speed. So he's always been known for having vision as well. So you add all of that together and this offense that allows the running back to really just interpret interpret the play as they want to, I think that's right in the wheelhouse of Rashad White. The fact that there's no big-time veteran now, it's going to be Rashad's job because let's be honest, we could talk about running backs two, three, and potentially four. I don't even know what order that's going to be. Is it going to yeah. be Chase Edmonds? That's RB two. Is it going to be Keyshawn Vaughn?
1: Sean I, Tucker, Ronnie you know, or
0: Brown, Sean Tucker. A ton of people are excited about Sean Tucker. Ronnie Brown has impressed running backs coach, Skip Pete too. So it's really Rashad's job. And then everyone else fighting for two, three, and four, how that's going to play out. I'm not too optimistic yet. Um, but with Dave Canales running his scheme, it's going to be great for Rashad White. And that's why people are obsessed with him in fantasy football. And that's why he's a pillar of this Bucks team.
1: Definitely. So I listed the honorable mentions. Rashad yes. White was the first guy that I listed as a future Bucs pillar. You brought up some great points. He definitely has a potential this season to rush for a thousand yards easily mm-hmm. and, Last season, he also had 50 receptions and kind of being that dual threat running back. We talk about maybe Kyle Trask being a dual threat quarterback. Yes, Rashad White brings a lot of value to the team, and he's going to have the perfect opportunity running under Dave Canales. And Rashad White might be a little slept on around the league. I know Pro Football Focus recently came out with a top 32 running backs. Was he listed on there? No. He wasn't listed as one of the top 32 running backs in the the National Football League. Get out of here. They put Ezekiel Elliott on there at number 30. Oh, that's just that's just foolish. That's foolish. If you're looking for a fantasy football sleeper, come August, Rashad White might be your guy. But he's also someone that's gotten bigger. He mentioned yesterday on the podcast, he's at that 220 mark after being 210 pounds last year. And we all know he's an angry runner, somebody who can stiff arm his opponents like he did in Germany. Yes, he can. And just a really fun, mature guy. So that's my first pillar. Okay. Uh, bringing up another name, we talked about Kalijah Kansi and just the explosiveness that he brings to the table. And it's right off the snap. And he's going to really open up the defensive line and allow a guy like Joe Tryon, Shoenka to maybe have a big season and for Shaq Barrett to round into form because when you have that interior defensive line presence it really creates opportunities for everyone and Jason Light he talked about he brought up some big names comparing Kalijah Kansi and Warren Sapp and John Randall two Hall of Famers and Kalijah Cancy, he's somebody with a high work ethic and like Rashad White I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly
0: from Bloomberg
1: He's often compared to Aaron Donald, not just for his frame, but for what he did in college and what he can do at the next level.
0: Yeah, Adam, I'll tell you, the one thing I like about him, and granted it's really early and it's the Underwear Olympics because it's the OTAs, but the hustle and the speed that he already brings to this team, we talked about it on a recent show when it was Scott and I, but uh, there was a play, was either Baker or Trask that was quarterback. I want to say Baker, but it, it, for this Story it doesn't really matter. And they were uh, rolling all the way to the right. And Kalisha Kansi was on the opposite side. And he chased the quarterback down to the point where if he didn't hustle, it probably would have been like a five to 10 yard game. The quarterback got one yard out of it because Kalisha Kansi was there the whole time. I don't want to go out and say that Kansi is an X factor for this Bucks defense. Because I think Logan Hall is is a little bit more of the X factor in terms of if you get a good Logan Hall, this defense is not going to be like the Eagles getting 70 sacks, but it will, it will be a defensive front that other teams will be absolutely terrified to go against. But Kalasha Cansey, man, what he can provide by just hitting that gap so quickly and forcing teams to either, shed off of Vita Veya and block him or getting him those one-on-one matchups because Vita Veya garners so much attention, speed kills and him being low to the ground. I don't care that he's small. Like at at this point, as long as you can move and you have good technique and things like that, you don't need to be the tallest guy. Like Logan Hall was, was tall, not trying to rhyme here, but Logan Hall was (laughs) tall and like didn't do much last season. So I'd rather have, and again, as you said it perfectly, Adam, with the the comparisons to Aaron Donald, who we played at Pitt, and, uh, you know, John Randall. There are more than one way, way to be successful in the NFL, and, you know, Kalasha Kansi going to go about it his way, and I already like what he's done so far. He's just showing the hustle right now, yeah. and it's tough for defensive linemen, to stand out in OTAs when you cannot hit anybody. And somehow he did. So credit to Kalija Cancy for that
1: one. For sure. And so I think we're in agreement on two of the Bucs pillars and Rashad White and Kalija Cancy. Is that correct? Yes. So I'm going to throw another one at you. Maybe we deviate a little bit. I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield as a pillar. As a pillar. As a pillar. I might be cheating. He has five, five seasons in the league. He's 28 years old, but he has the opportunity to be the Bucks' quarterback long-term. And he really hasn't had the best opportunities to grow throughout his career. And he really brought a dysfunctional Cleveland franchise to the playoffs and got him a win since 1999. They've rolled out 34 starting quarterbacks and he was one of two to play a complete season just to kind of, allude to the dysfunction rampant in that franchise and so he comes to tampa like kyle trask playing in a quarterback friendly system and that's something that really benefited geno smith last year it did he was able to distribute to two really elite wide receivers baker mayfield's gonna have the chance to do the same thing with mike edwin mike evans chris godwin you throw in kate otten rashad white the talent around him is probably the best it's been throughout his whole career. And unless the bucks really like bottom out, he has a chance to play his way into a new contract in Tampa Bay. So that's why I have him listed. I don't know your thoughts on that, but so it's if, exciting.
0: So if Baker hypothetically pans out and has, let's just say a Gino Smith type of season, you know what Gino did last year and he is on a one-year contract. If the bucks sign him, to a long-term deal and like you said he's 28 he could play another 10 seasons in the league if he's healthy and everything like that if he ends up playing a decade for the box yeah. then without question he is a pillar um i think it's difficult to put him on this list because and i i totally get what you're saying and if it all pans out then you're 100 right it's a little tough early on because if he plays well, it's not guaranteed that he can come back to the Bucs. Now, the Bucs most likely, if, if Baker Mayfield falls out, the odds are they, at worst, they're franchise tagging him because, hey, he mm-hmm. had such a great season. But even if he plays well, it's going to be, can you do that again? Can you yeah. repeat what you just did? Was that just a flash in the pan? Beginner's luck with the new team and so on and so forth. There is also, and if he just doesn't play well, then obviously he's not going to get a re-sign. Um, don't need to really give too much analysis on that. Now, the other situation, and again, it kind of goes back to what's going on with Geno Smith, and the Seahawks didn't do it this year. Um, but if if Geno is, if if Baker is good and not great, and he gets the Bucks to a certain surface level, but maybe not, like if his ceiling is getting the Bucks to the divisional round of the playoffs, the second round. And that's like the highest he can take him, take them. Do the Bucks end up drafting a quarterback and stashing him on the bench for like a year or two with the purpose of being like, all right, you'll get to learn. And then you're our quarterback of the future. Baker, thanks for, thanks for what you've done for this franchise. You kept us afloat. I mean, because if the Bucs are at least competitive in the playoffs or competitive trying to make it to the playoffs, they proved a lot of people wrong just in that element of it. I mean, people have them ranked 31st out of 32, which <laughs> yeah. I find that so hard to believe now, especially with, really what, like, with like the Cardinals, what they're doing, you know, just cut DeAndre Hopkins. Doesn't look like um, Kyler Murray's really going to play. Uh, but, you know, that's an argument for a, a, another podcast. I just think there's a lot of elements with Baker of, it could still work out and he might not, be a pillar based on a degree of different factors but if he hits a home run and he balls out and he's the Bucks quarterback of the future then you're absolutely right but you know that's the beauty of this topic it's kind of just trying to channel the future and trying to uh
1: you know trying to just give your best prediction so yeah that's all it is and I know there's going to be people out there that say Caleb Williams is maybe a pillar without even being like on (laughs) on the team yet, but let's say hypothetically you're throwing out there, the bucks go nine and eight this season. They win the NFC South and they're picking right around the 19 range again in the 2024 draft. You're not drafting Caleb Williams or Drake may or any other like top quarterback. There's a lot of talent in the class. But are you truly going to get that franchise changing guy who's going to come in day one next season? Right. We've talked a lot. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say with the talent on the roster, it's really hard to believe the team being ranked 31st because there isn't too many guys gone from the Super Bowl winning team. I mean, of course, Tom Brady and like a few guys in the secondary, but it's not like they lost a ton of guys. There is a great
0: article on pewterreport.com right now. Uh, a couple of great articles. Adam had two today. Make sure you check it out on Pewter Report. And Scott Reynolds wrote an article, the three terrible Bucks narratives from the national media. And, uh, you know, one obviously is the doctored videos of Baker and, and Kyle Trask throwing terrible passes. But the second one is uh, that the Bucks are tanking for Caleb Williams. And, you know, I'm not going to get the whole story away. I'm actually about to put it in the uh, chat for everybody if they if they want to click on it. Um, part of Scott's reasoning is why would they re-sign Levante David and why would they re-sign Jamel Dean? What's the point of making those moves if you're just going to tank? I think that signifies that they are not tanking because they re-signed those players, and I get that they're both on the defensive side, but. They're trying to add weapons on the offensive side as well. The point I was going to make, though, is we talked a lot on this show about the over, at least I do because I look at those things, but the over-under is six and a half wins for the Bucks. If they hit that over, they're not getting Galev Williams because they're no. not drafting in that top five. Now, on the flip side, there is, it is supposedly a really good, quarterback class this year outside of drake may and, and caleb williams so maybe the bucks find that that diamond in the rough like let's remember just two drafts ago kenny pickett went fairly late i don't remember the specific number like on the top of my head but yeah like it was it was pretty late so yeah matthew sam saying tanking for caleb that's what we're saying the bucks are not doing because of the players that they've uh they brought back but yeah definitely an interesting discussion for sure adam um who else did you have on your list
1: so my last pillar, kind of the same line of thinking as Baker Mayfield, somebody who's been in the league, but has a chance to break out. Ryan Neal, somebody ah. that, yeah, uh, PFF, they mentioned as being the breakout player for the uh, the Bucs this upcoming season. And there's really a lot to like in Ryan Neal and what he brings to the table. He's still only 27. Last year was his really his first season being able to be a starter. Uh, in the seattle secondary and he posted one of the best grades by pff and i think ranked as their top safety from week seven through 15 and just in terms of coverage doesn't allow many completions coming to tampa bay he's going to have the chance to ball out and maybe get a big contract like other members in the secondary like antoine winfield jamel dean and carlton davis he could be the next in line he's going to be the presumed starter and also replacing a lot of guys who produced last season. You talk about four guys being gone. I was kind of looking at the numbers. 31 starts. Six of the 10 interceptions the team had last season are from guys not on the roster. So trying to replace that, Ryan Neal is a great starting point, and I think he definitely could be a pillar of the defense.
0: Yeah, Antoine Winfield Jr. spoke about him the other day saying – I, I love having another veteran in here. Um, it's a guy that, um, like, he knows what he's doing, essentially, is what he was saying. I don't have the quote in front of me, but he knows what he's doing. So he likes having him there because that safety room is mighty, mighty young at the moment. I mean, yeah. uh, Chris Issian, uh, Kayvon Merriweather, um, Kedrick Whitehead as well, Nolan Turner's from last year, but another Andre at the free agent. So there's an influx of youth at the safety position. Ryan Neal still being young, but the older guy in this room. And Adam, I'll tell you, man, being at OTAs, the last couple of uh, practices, we're, we're there once a week on Tuesdays. So that's open to the media. Uh, there's one more coming up this or next week, that Tuesday. And then it's mandatory minicamp after that, which will uh, be a lot of fun because everybody will be there. We'll see about Devin White, but everyone else will be there, uh, which will be cool. But man, seeing Ryan Neal lined up next to Antoine Winfield Jr. and, just around the other safeties. This guy is big. He is gigantic. So I think he's going to bring a little bit of that Devin, uh, Devin white, that Jordan whitehead flavor of uh, you know, a guy that can play in the box. It's going to lay the smackdown on everybody. He's going to lower that shoulder, give the boom. You know, um, I love the fact that he's played in different spots uh, in Seattle. Like, yes, he has played in the box, but he's also played in the slot and he, can play free safety as well. So he can do a little bit of everything. He's a super charismatic guy getting to talk to him. He just kind of like breeds that confidence that you love to see really from any player, but especially a guy coming into a new team. So yeah. I think that's, I think that's a great choice because again, you're trying to like toe the line of Antoine, junior is already a face. Like we know he's a pillar. He's, he's a face of this team. Um Some of the other guys that we've already talked like Tristan worse. We already know he's a pillar he's a face of the team where these other yeah. guys, it's like, will they become that essentially is what we're getting to. And the other part of it that I think is, um, is so interesting is it's a little bit, the Bucks are trying to find the same amount of success that they got when they signed different positions, obviously, but when they signed Shaq Barrett years ago,
1: Shaq yep. was,
0: just a guy on the depth chart behind great pass rushers, including Von Miller in Denver. So he never really got the opportunity to be that starter. And then he came to the box and went absolutely buck wild in that first season, the greatest pass rushing season by an individual in uh in team history with 19 and a half sacks for, uh for the box that year in 2019. And it could be the same thing with Ryan Neal. Now he got a little bit of more playing time last year just given the fact that there was a lot of injuries, you know, Jamal Adams gets injured all the time with with, <clears throat> with Seattle previously the Jets now Seattle. Um, so he got a little bit of more playing time, but now coming in being like you are most likely the starter, the Bucks aren't going to say that right now. But
1: just way more playing time to see what this guy can do is super super exciting. Yeah. And it's really easy to see, like you brought up the Shaq Barrett comparison. I really like that. Like He definitely has a chance to break out and get that payday and like just be on the field. Like that's, that's a big thing for a player to develop is being out there playing. And when he was out there last season, he put up some really impressive numbers, had career highs across the board, and he's just somebody that, in terms of free agency signings, could be one of the biggest steals of all of them.
0: Yeah, no question. I mean, I think right now Shaq Barrett might go down as the best free agent signing uh, in Bucks history. It yeah. could be up there. I like this comment from Wayne Hackinson who says, I'm worried about Bowles keeping the secondary confused. Um, we've seen in the past, defense just not on the same page. I think the first thing that comes to mind, cover your ears, Bucks fans, is the deep shot to Cooper Cup in the divisional round of the playoffs um, two seasons ago that ended the Bucks season. Which, honestly, if we're being real in the Brady era, like 2020, they won the Super Bowl. And then we know what happened 2021 and 2022. I kind of feel like 2021 was their best team out of all three. And that team, if they win that game, I think they have the clearest path to winning the Super Bowl. But, you know, I digress. Yeah. The, the secondary being confused, though, I look at it two ways. One... Yes, you're bringing in Ryan Neal. You need to find a slot corner. But you still got Antoine Winfield Jr. back there. And you got Carlton and Jamel at the corner. So you are talking about guys that have been in this defense literally their whole career. You're only asking like two guys to really figure it out. With that said, it seems like every year there are these silly little blunders. And why are they still happening at this time? So I do think there's a little bit of a concern. But there's also been a great turnout at OTAs by uh, a lot of players. So it's definitely something to think about, but it's something I wouldn't lose sleep over if that makes
1: sense. And it's also worth noting that what really attracted Ryan Neal to come down to Tampa Bay wasn't just for the opportunity to be a starter, but also to play under Todd Bowles. And he expects a lot out of his safeties, but in the end it works out more than it doesn't. Besides you mentioned that, that Cooper cup play, that was really, really rough seeing him come back just to, to lose in that fashion. But besides that throughout the season and what, like even last season, what really kept the team in the game was the play of the defense. And no question. A lot of credit should be given to Todd Bowles. There, there is some level of concern and just like how complex the, the schemes and formations are for the members of the secondary and kind of watching the guys in front of them, it's kind of like a chess match. And the safeties are expected to be the final piece to really yes. put them over the top. So, yeah, there's some concern, but at the same time, it brings out the best in them. And I think that's what you've seen in Antoine Winfield in his career and guys like Mike Edwards, Logan Ryan last year, and maybe Keon, or uh, Ryan Neal this year.
0: No, you make a great point, and it goes under the radar a ton, the Bucks defense kept Tampa Bay in so many games last year. Brady got the headlines because what's the last thing we remember? Awesome comeback. You know, awesome comeback against the Saints. Uh, who's the other big comeback against at home? The Rams. The yes,
1: Crimes? yeah, yeah,
0: yes, against the Rams. Against the Rams. Yeah. Because Kate Houghton scored one of them and Rashad White scored the other. Uh, but yeah, anytime there's an awesome comeback, you go, Oh, Brady did it again. Well, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, well, the defense held the opponents under 20 points while the offense struggled for, you know, 57 out of 60 minutes of the game. So the defense, it very much went under the radar. It was not fair to them. So, yeah, you make a really good point that we're kind of just highlighting the bad part without giving them their credit, their due for a lot of the good things that they've done. Like even the pass rush, Bucks were in the top 10 in sacks last year, and we still don't even really think that they did a pretty good job. <laughs> they didn't do very well at, um, you know, just getting after the quarterback with the front four. I think Todd Bowles was kind of forced to dial up a number of blitzes. And that's one thing that I'm really looking at this year is, is Todd going to be dialing up blitzes because he wants to, or because he has to, because if you want to come up with the, uh, you know, interesting things, fine. Have a great time doing it as long as it's productive and it's helping the team. But if you're going, hey, you know, Kalaja is not panning out, Vita's getting double team and the edge rushers are kind of faltering again, that's definitely something that uh, deserves attention going into this year. I think that's why, you know, Logan Hall isn't really on this list at all or uh, an honorable mention. That's why Joe Tryon we haven't really talked about him as much. And that just kind of goes hand in hand with the draft. You know, you're not going to. Hit on every single pick that you make. Now, when they're first and second round picks, you're kind of hoping that they're the ones that pan out. And if a fifth rounder or a sixth rounder doesn't, yeah, it's a little bit of a different story. Uh, but where's your concern level for Logan Hall
1: and JTS going into this season? I, I just want to say, like you mentioned, the the Bucks were top ten in sacks last season. Yeah, wouldn't have expected that. And right. So, <laughs> like, just more credit to Todd Bowles there. I think Vita Vea led the team in sacks and a guy like Antoine Winfield Jr. had four so but you mentioned Logan Hall and Joe Troy and Schenka there's a lot of concern there if they don't pan out and they don't hit the ground running this season because the Bucs are really relying on them too and with Shaq Barrett recovering from his Achilles injury Joe Troy and Schenka is going to be expected to be that guy will he be Hmm. That's a whole other question. And then somebody like Logan Hall with Will Golston gone, he's going to be the likely starter along the defensive line with Vita Vea and Klaja Kansi with those two guys, maybe opening up holes for him. Logan Hall should really have a really big season. And if one or both of them, they don't the, the pass rush is not going to be as good as it was last year when there was concern. And so there, there's definitely a level of concern there, but there's also some promise. You see Logan Hall, he's added to his frame this offseason. He was kind of on the lighter side, uh, yeah. I think around like 300 pounds. And so putting on 15, 20 pounds will really help him. And then with Joe Trojanchenka, another season to develop and learn and maybe just get that one final step. Last last year, there were so many mm-hmm. times you get that pressure. So close. you force it, the quarterback out of the pocket. You know, just to not finish a play. So if he finishes a play, you're could you talking about maybe double-digit sacks. Two very important guys
0: for the Bucs, specifically on the defensive side of the ball uh, going into this year. It's important that you pay attention to them because it may, uh, you know, play a role in how you bet on the Bucs, uh, how you bet on this team or against this team this season. If you're going to be betting, make sure you're doing it at mybookie.ag. We've all been there before. A weekend trip to the casino canceled because real life came calling. Well, my bookies new and approved online casino is here to change the game. Dive into a truly realistic casino experience featuring the latest in slots, progressive jackpots, and live dealer action, all from the comfort of your own home. Take advantage of weekly blackjack tournaments and a brand new collection of high-end games for a chance at real cash rewards. The MyBookie Casino provides a Las Vegas experience when the action's in your hands, and the best part is you don't even need to wear your pants. Though, I'd recommend <laughs> your adventure at the MyBookie Casino begins today with the generous sign-up bonus using the promo code Pewter—that's P-E-W-T-E-R—to secure yourself a sweet deposit bonus. And that's not all, because their revamped loyalty program ensures that you'll be showered with rewards, including free spins, cashback offers and a host of exclusive VIP perks. The more you play, the more you win. Play anytime, anywhere with MyBookie Casino. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. You can also get $1,000 up, uh, sorry, up to $1,000 with your first deposit bonus using that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Even if you learn from plants and you map, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So once again, MyBookie.ag, promo code Pewter. A lot of great things to bet on right now. Baseball's in full swing. The NBA Finals starts tonight. There was a great video uh, you guys may have seen. They asked a bunch of Bucks players. I know Baker Mayfield was one of them. Rashad White. Uh, a couple other guys as well. Um, who they have winning the series. I'll tell you guys already. I've made a couple of prop bets. I have the Nuggets. So, I really think the Nuggets are going to win the series. I kind of think they're going to smoke the heat. Um, so... You can do prop bets of like, I think the Nuggets gonna win in five. I think the Nuggets gonna win in six. So I took the Nuggets in five and six because the payouts are so big that as long as they hit one of them, I'm gonna win out pretty big. I also took a prop bet tonight. I took I parlayed um, Nicole Nicola over 51 and a half points, rebounds and assists with the under in Jimmy. Butler's points which is like at 28 and a half but then separately I took Jimmy Butler over six and a half assists shout out to Stephen Shea for that one trust the data and while I think the Nuggets are going to win the series I might take the Heat tonight plus nine I'd like I could see the Nuggets winning in a close one because it's the old rest versus rust type of thing and the Heat just played a game seven and um you know the, the Nuggets had like nine days off so those are some of my bets tonight and, of course, um, the Stanley Cup's coming up in a couple of days, Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights. I think I'm going to bet on the Panthers to win that series. But, Adam, uh, what do you think about the NBA Finals?
1: It's a it's a good time for Florida. You mentioned it really the Miami is for South and then, then the Florida Panthers. Uh, in terms of the NBA Finals, I have the Nuggets also winning. And I'm kind of a salty Milwaukee Bucks fan and kind of seeing them <laughs> lose in the first round to the Miami Heat. I really want to see them to win. So the Nuggets, they have a really good team. Nikola Jokic, what he can do at seven feet tall in terms of his passing and just putting up really good numbers. Definitely see the Nuggets coming out on top But the Miami Heat. They're the underdog. And yeah. so many guys on their roster are undrafted, made the, made the cut and really shined on the bench. And then mm-hmm. you also have Jimmy Butler who balls out in the playoffs. It's going to be really entertaining
0: yeah i think it's going to be a really fun series i'm a knicks fan so i should be hating on the heat too uh because they eliminated both <laughs> of our teams yep uh, but yeah i think it's going to be i think it's going to be a lot of fun so both championship games the nba finals and the stanley cup i think is going to be a lot of fun so if you bet on it go to my bookie and bet on it uh so you gave your pillars a lot of my pillars are the same uh rashad white and then i mentioned earlier Kalijah Kansi, can Dennis. Um, Kate Otten's a guy I want to talk about, though. I have him on my four pillars, too. I feel like with Kate Otten, we said before with Rashad White, he's yet to scratch the surface, and I feel pretty similar about Kate Otten, just in the sense of he wasn't a focal point of the passing game. They kind of went to him at a necessity at times because he'd be the only guy that was wide open. I think he does a great job of finding that soft spot in the zone, he was Mr. Second half because he always did things later on. And I think, and I know Payne Durham's in there. Co-Keefe is kind of more of a fullback. But k going to be a guy that can do it all um, with his blocking, with his receiving, going down the field, shorthanded. But I just think he's going to be on the field all the time and with this new offense with different motions and not relying on going crazy far down the field. I think Kate Otten's going to have big numbers this year for the Buccaneers. I do think it's going to be tight end by committee, but Kate Otten's going to lead the charge in, in that section. At least uh,
1: that's how I look at it. Definitely agree with you. And for like a rookie tight end, it's hard to produce and Kate Otten, he put up really respectable numbers and it was almost kind of frustrating towards later part of the season. When you saw camp rate, Cam rate Cam Brate did a lot of great things in Tampa Bay, but Kate Otten. He was really taking that next step and there were some games he would just be on the bench most of the time or not get targets, but when he did get them, he really moved the chains. You mentioned the game against the Rams when he had that game winning touchdown, he has that clutch factor to him and he can definitely take the next, the next step and be being not only the tight end number one, but maybe entering the top 10, top 15 tight end range in the NFL definitely can see that for him. And He really wants to improve, and it's easy to see that happening for him.
0: Yeah, he's always had a high football IQ. He comes from a family where his grandfather was a coach, his dad was a coach, you know, so he always learned the game pretty quickly. So everyone's learning this offense at the same time, and I kind of feel like he's going to have a little bit of a leg up over everyone else just from his overall knowledge uh, of the game. And I think everyone will get it fairly quickly. Everyone's done a great job across the board. Like Chris Godwin's been there at OTAs every day. So um, I don't think it's going to take crazy long for this offense to like really get it together. But I do think Kate Otten was kind of mismanaged at times last year. Kind of like how Logan Hall felt like he should have just gotten more reps. And I think you saw that it hurt with the growth of Kate Otten. We all love Cam Brady's going to go down as one of the most lovable bucks of all time, but he shouldn't have been like splitting time with Kate Otten. It was clear, especially with the injuries that Cam Brady had concussion neck injury serious stuff and they just kept throwing him out there where it really felt like this is kate otten's moment this is really (coughs) kate otten's time to shine so i think he'll get that this year and because the bucks are going to run a lot of two three tight end sets he's never going to be off the field he's going to share playing time with Payne durham but he's going to share it together by both being on the field he's a guy i got him I think he was like my last pick in fantasy football. I think he's going to be one of my keepers this year, just because the value of him in the 15th round could be, as you said, a top 15 tight end. We'll we'll see exactly what happens there, but I don't know. I'm very excited. There's a lot of wet. There's a lot of guys to be excited about with the box offense, whether it's Rashad with the zone, whether it's, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin having by their level bounce back seasons. Um, you know, whether it's Trey Palmer and his 4'3 speed, there's a lot to be excited about where nothing's guaranteed. And I think that's fair to say because we're talking about a new offense with a coordinator that's never called an offense <laughs> before in a real game. But there's at least a lot of stuff that makes you feel good about the Bucks offense.
1: Yeah, there's definitely reason for optimism in terms – You even look at the quarterback picture from kind of, you mentioned the narratives article earlier. There's a lot of perception out there that the quarterbacks are going to be awful this year for the Bucks or uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They might not be able to produce the numbers. We're so accustomed to seeing, Mm -hmm. watching the team, but there's definitely a lot of reason for, for hope. And it starts with the pillars. And if some of the young guys really produce and they reach their, their talent level that they're they're capable of there's a lot of reason to be excited and you see that on all levels throughout the roster on offense and the backfield Rashad White Kate and we've talked about them you even have Cody Mauk and Luke Gedeki on the defensive line Logan Hall and Kalaja Cancy. yeah you have Sarasier Dennis and even in the secondary a guy like Zion McCollum haven't mentioned him much but no what he can do in terms of his athleticism being six foot four and the last year's draft class, you had Tariq Wollen and Duran Bland, I think it was. Yes. They had really good seasons. Zion McCollum was kind of spent a lot of time developing somebody that could really take the next step in 2023 with so many guys gone. He can definitely improve and become a starter in the NFL. And then also Jake Marta shout out to him.
0: Of course. Shout out yeah. to uh golden leg. People shouldn't sleep on Zion McCollum though. Wasn't a great rookie year, but that doesn't mean that he can't reach his potential. He's got that speed. He's been impressing people uh, this off season can play outside. They might even move him to inside. So um, that was a, that was a solid observation about Zion McCollum as well. Another solid observation is if you see a, and we're talking about so many different players here. um, There's like a, a bulk of them you can kind of get it in bunches kind of like if you got a variety pack from uh, celsius energy drinks if you want to get that that group package because there's so many awesome flavors um go to amazon click on the subscribe and save and you can have it sent to your house or apartment every week month yearly quarterly yearly whenever you want uh do the subscribe and save um just make sure you drink it celsius energy drinks the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast we'll get to a couple questions as we uh, as we close out the show christopher cole says if jts struggles then it's yaya time yaya diaby has a lot of supporters behind him because he is another guy that looks absolutely gigantic at the moment and he's got that speed and you you mix it with the power that he has um Yeah, he could be dangerous this year in in certain situations. Um, Joel says, what's the word on Tucker? Talking about Sean Tucker. Um, He hasn't been cleared to practice yet. He's been out there every day, you know, soaking it in, um, trying to learn the offense and everything. But, um, yeah, still needs to get cleared. Who gets the nickel spot? Matthew Sams asks. Um, There are a couple of options right now. So, Depending on, so Zion McConnell's been playing outside right now at OTAs, but it's also because Jamel Dean hasn't. Jamel Dean was there last time, but Carlton Davis wasn't there. I don't know what the Bucs will do when Carlton and Jamel are there. If they they obviously will play outside, if they'll move Zion inside or just keep him as, uh, as an outside guy. Um, who else? Dee Delaney's been playing in the slot. And then a couple of safety options. Chris Isian has been playing in the slot. Uh, so has, uh, Merriweather as well. A little bit. Don Gardner's a, a veteran player that has, has moved there too. So Josh Hayes as well. Yes. Josh Hayes. I keep forgetting about Josh Hayes. So Chris Isian and Kayvon Merriweather have been doing a little bit better than Josh Hayes, but yes, you're absolutely right. Josh Hayes. I'll throw a picture up for him. If we have one. Thought oh, we have one of Josh A's. Yeah, we do. There's Josh A's. Yeah, Josh A's could play that role as well. Um, so, co- definitely a couple of options. Never rule out someone um, that currently isn't on the team either. So, that'll be an ongoing case for the rest of the summer. And Peiko De Style Mutant, Mutant says, Who's going to be wide receiver three? That is a very good question because it sounds like. Russell Gage is injured at the moment. Baker Mayfield, of all people, actually broke that news. And then when Todd Bowles was asked about he said, we don't talk about injuries at this time of the year. (laughs) So we don't really know what's up with Russell Gage. Could be a minor injury. Could be a big thing. I don't know. I'm not saying one way or another. Uh, But not ideal for Russell Gage, who's coming off of a tough season last year. Trey Palmer, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. He's looked fairly solid, made some tough catches, You've shown his speed without question. But I've seen even this. Even though before, he says he's with... not fast. Yes, even though he says he is not fast, those are his words. Um, there are other receivers that have done the same thing at this time of the year, and then it doesn't always translate to training camp and the preseason. So. Trey Palmer could be an. I think what this really opens the door for is maybe not necessarily who's going to win wide receiver three, but it opens a lot more for Cade Warner. Um, Devin Tompkins probably will make this team as a returner if if Trey Palmer doesn't win it. Kalen Geiger. I think it's going to help a lot of these undrafted free agents. One of them is – one or two of them are going to make the 53-man roster based on just the – non uh, ability i'm saying that poorly just on russell gage not being
1: available but when russell gage is available just based on how much money he is making even though he took a pay cut definitely is going to be the wide receiver three yeah like you mentioned with cade warner the real question will be wide receiver four maybe five yes. and a guy like trey palmer there's a lot of excitement about him and you don't want to get ahead of yourself like you mentioned but he's a guy that he said that he studies a playbook in his free time when he's relaxing, like yeah. just chilling, out to memorize and, it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's so. awesome
0: stuff to hear. Yeah, you you love hearing that, especially from uh, the new guys on this team, the rookie class. And um, as we wrap things up, just want to remind everybody to please, if you're not already doing so, follow us on our social media at Pewter Report on Twitter, f- uh, no, 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 no. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's at Pewter Report. Uh, we had a great video up before. Cody map talking about his Mount Rushmore of, uh, WWE wrestlers. Um, if you're, if you're into that. And then of course on YouTube, we are at Peter report TV. Please like, and subscribe to this, uh, the station, this episode, um, to the YouTube channel. We're always putting out content, always, uh, putting up a lot of great stuff on the YouTube channel. We'll have a bunch of episodes next week. Of course, uh, Another OTAs next Tuesday. We'll recap that along with another great list of uh, topics that we'll get into. But that's going to do it for us tonight. For Adam Slavon, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you, everybody, for watching. We love the Pewter people. Have a great weekend, and we will see you next week for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Stay safe. Love y'all. Peace out. out. Have a great weekend.